Welcome to the Architect of Change Show with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman & Associates. Now here's Connie. Hi, I'm Connie Whitman, your host, and you're listening to Architect of Change, webtalkradio.net. Really happy that you were able to join me this week. My motivational quote for today is by Carly Fiorina, and it says, If a decision-making process is flawed and dysfunctional, decisions will go awry. How many decisions, think about this for a second, guys, how many decisions do you make in a day? Think about that. We decide what to wear to work, what to eat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, plus all the other decisions made during and after work. What about the big decisions that need to be made? Examples, do I get married? Am I marrying the right person for life? What hospital and or doctor should I take my sick child to? And the list just goes on and on. So do you feel stressed from this? I, I know I do. Many of us are actually paralyzed by doubt over the tomorrows of our lives that we can't focus on the wonders of today and who we really are. But with the help of undoubtedly awesome, your, per, your own personal roadmap from doubt to flow, you can conquer those fears and better understand your goals, dreams, and unique decision-making processes, thereby allowing you to achieve the personal success your uncertainty and indecision have held you back from. Well, my guest today, Ann Tucker, is undoubtedly awesome and is an internationally renowned speaker for the decision-making and leadership techniques she's developed. She's here with us today to share her unique perspectives and theories with us. And with her self-help guide, we will be able um, to learn how to doubt negativity, um, how to doubt negativity affects your life and keeps you in a constant loop of anxiety, gain insight into the mental processes involved in decision making, a lot of moving parts there, walk us through the stages of decision making and pinpoint the moments where doubt creeps into your life and just so much more. So please help me welcome my very exciting guest, Ann Tucker. So Ann, thank you so much for being on today. Thank you very much. I'm really happy to be here with you. Yes, and I love uh, the intro. I took part of it from your one sheet because I do think that we're all undoubtedly awesome and your book is undoubtedly awesome. And I really am excited to talk about it today. Yeah, but it gives, it, and it really does give such amazing feedback to help us think about clearly how we make decisions and why we make decisions the way we, we do. So I, I think it's important. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's an interesting thing. Like you said in the intro that we make decisions all the time, but the process, and here's what's funny about it. We all assume that everyone else makes decisions the same way that we do, but they don't. And the decision process that you use, the actual way that you make decisions, is something that you're born with. You've done it from day one, and you do it all the time, and it's kind of like breathing, and you never think about it. We never actually see our own decision process. So a lot of what's happening in the book is I'm helping you to see a process that's normally invisible to you. And once you see it, you know, you can't unsee it. All of a sudden you have this flash of self-awareness and you begin to understand this, this thing that is natural to who you are and is part of your power. It's part of, it's a, it's a fabulous tool for you to use. 
Yeah, and and it's true because we do make decisions every day. Again, from the little minute things to the big jugunda ones that you know affect long term <laughs> stuff in our right. I mean, right? We're making decisions in the short term, but also for the long term. Why do you think, yeah. and, and through your experience, why do you think decisions are so important? Uh, obviously, they are important, but why do we struggle yeah. sometimes? Oh, you know, I think it's, I think we're really hard on ourselves. I think that, that we have this idea that when you're making a choice that there's going to be one right answer, right? And that it's up to us and, and to, to, to do enough research or to be smart enough or careful enough or thoughtful enough or whatever it is, intuitive enough to pick the right thing. And the truth is, is that, is that if you've narrowed it down to your top three options, your options are going to be a lot like people, right? They're all going to have strengths and weaknesses. We all do. So what really is going to make the difference, you know, between your options in terms of picking the right one, it, it is any one of those has the potential of being the right choice. Any one of those options has the potential of being the, the, the one that makes you happiest. And the thing that makes the difference is you. The thing that makes the difference is how much of your energy you're putting into it. And what determines that is the process that you use. So the, what matters less is what you choose. What matters a whole lot more is how you choose it in terms of whether or not your choice is successful. And that's really counterintuitive to how we usually are thinking about it. We're usually thinking that, gosh, if I don't pick the right one, the, you know, the right one, then I wasn't smarter, I wasn't clever, or I was, you know, we're really, we, we beat ourselves up. When in truth, no, any of those would have worked. It's all about how you do it, how you use your process. And it was interesting to learn about the processes, which we're definitely going to talk about today. So now, when you talk about decisions, and we kind of mentioned this, but it is for the little decisions, but it's also for the big ones, too. And your process yeah, can yeah. kind of unhel- help us unravel that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that's the idea is it, it helps you to see and, and it doesn't, you know, and when you're, if you're picking the same thing for breakfast every day, you're not going through your full decision process, but your way of approaching the decision is going to be unique to you and you're going to use it all the time. So if you think about it, if you think of every problem that you face like a, like a, like a seven-sided shape, right? And every one of those sides has a different door in it. Well, each of us carries one key to one of those doors. And that's our favorite way to access a problem. And if you think of a problem, if you lay it out linearly like a timeline, we each come in at a different point in the problem. So, and our access key, our access key that where we like to come into the problem, well, we're really, really good at solving that aspect of the problem. And, and you can solve all aspects. Everybody does. We're all able to, to handle the whole problem by ourselves. But there's one place, one part of that problem where you shine, where you're really, really talented. So it's getting to know what that is. So, okay, with that in mind, then when decisions do go well, did we get lucky? Did we get lucky or did we just fall in love with that decision and kind of made it work? Yes. So that's the thing. Is when, so when your decisions go well, that means you used your own unique process in the best way that you can. So you, you used it well, and that means that you put your whole energy behind that decision. So if you think of ourselves, we are all creators, right? We manifest our, our, our realities. How much of your creative energy are you putting behind your choice? Do you, do you, are you fully committed to your choice, right? Is all of your energy going into it? So that's going to propel your choice forward. You're going to be really invested in it. So it, and that happens because you use your process effectively. And that's why sometimes the decisions seem to come to us easier, more easily. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
Now, if, if folks are listening and they feel stuck, you know, whatever their situation is, or they're constantly second-guessing the choices they're, they're making, do you think that your book can really help them out? Absolutely. And, and here's why, is that doubt affects each of us differently, depending on what I call in the book your soul type. And I call it your soul type because this is how you make choices. It's how you make decisions. This is your creative power, and you were born with it. It's something that you've been doing. You didn't learn this from your parents. It's not something that you modeled. As a matter of fact, your soul type, your decision process is probably very different from your parents. But, but it, is, it is your way of doing it. And depending on your soul type, that it gives you certain strengths, but it's also going to give you certain weaknesses, and those weaknesses are where doubt is going to creep into your process. For some of us, it's going to be at the beginning of the decision process. For some of us, it's going to be more towards the end. And that's going to depend on, like I said, on, on your particular process, and you can find out what it is and where doubt affects you in the book. Yeah, and I, I just want to share, and at the end, you're actually going to give a, a little test that they can take to really help them pinpoint. I don't want to give it to them yet. I want them to hear the information before they go to take that little soul type test. Um, but yeah. really, really, and, and there's a chart in the book. I want to just go to it real quick on page 56 that you kind of have a diagram that go from point A to point B, and it helps navigate as well. So you have several tools for people to understand what soul type of decision making they have. Can you go through the different uh, types for the people so they start yeah. to understand what we're talking about? Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and would you like in some way, as a fun way to talk about this is, is to actually do a soul type. You want to do yours right now uh, on air. Are you comfortable doing that? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Oh, my goodness. Sure. <laughs> Okay, great. And then I can tell you about your soul type, and that will give people an introduction to what this is all about. So the way that the, the, the quiz that we have to determine your soul type is really simple. It's literally three questions, and those questions vary depending on which way you go with it. So I'm going to go ahead and ask you three questions, and then we'll know your soul type. So first question is, in general, do you make decisions slower or faster than the people around you? Uh, much faster. All right, and then uh, second See how question. fast I answered yeah. that? Anne, did you yeah. see how fast I answered yeah. that? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> no doubt there at all. All right. <laughs> and your next question is that when you're telling a story, do you tend to stick to the facts and the details, or do you tend to talk more about how you feel and how it affected you? Probably the second. Mm. Okay, well, now this God, I, I was going to say, it, it, when I tell a story, I, I do the facts, boom, 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 but on the same token, I do include the feeling of, I do include both. I don't know. Did I just kind of mess you up there? No, it's okay. And, and I think that you're, so you're saying when you first tell the story, so think about if you're just running to someone in the grocery store. How are you going to tell the story? Are you going to say, this happened, this happened, this happened? Or are you going to say, oh, my gosh, I felt... Is it going to be more about your personal experience of, oh, I woke up today and I felt No, bad. God, no. Okay, yeah. The first so one. You're the first one. Right, okay, yeah. perfect. So next question, which of these two are you – these are both going to appeal to you, but pick the one that resonates most strongly. The okay. first is getting started, and the second one is planning an efficient strategy. So are you more interested in thinking through the strategic plan, or are you more interested in getting going right now? Okay, of course, getting going. <laughs> 
Yep, exactly. <laughs> yes. So you are, so three questions, there we go, and you are what I call an experimenting soul. And that brings you some amazing gifts. So as an experimenting soul, what that means is that you have the ability to create momentum, which is hugely necessary. Think about how hard it is. How many people have great ideas in the world who want to get things started, who have a plan, but that, that process of getting something going from zero to 60 is, is incredibly difficult. And that is your forte. That is your ability. And, and the way that you do it is you come into a situation, and this is an intuitive gift. It's that you're able to look at the data, and you probably have, are probably very particular about what kind of data you look at. You probably want first-person sources, you know, high-quality data, and mm-hmm. you're going to be able to look at that data and intuitively know what are the two or three pieces of information that really matter. So you're going to be able to discern that and ignore the rest, and that is that's an intuitive gift that you have. So you're going to see this information. You're going to be able to understand what is the most likely path of success. So you're going to have this idea pop in your head this is the way that's most likely going to work, and you are off and running immediately. Yes. So it is that immediate leap to go. Yeah. <laughs> and then what you'll do, yeah, and then you'll, so you'll start down this path, but what you'll do is along the way, you'll be aware that there are other paths that might be better. So you'll be scanning left and scanning right and constantly checking in to make sure that the thing, the path that you're on is still the right one. So you're probably highly adaptable, able to turn on a dime, um, always seeking new information, checking out to see what is better, making sure that you made the right choice. Is that okay? You? Yes, you are in my head. That is, um, I, yes, <laughs> constantly reading, researching, thinking, looking. Po- yes. po- you know, what if this and what if that, and looking at the alternatives, the pros and cons of of yes. very quickly. I, yes, 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 all of that. Yes. yes. Yeah, so it makes you really, in terms of, um, like, like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sure you'd be a phenomenal entrepreneur because it's an idea of getting things started and being highly adaptive, able to turn quickly, change quickly, very comfortable and fast-moving environments. So this is going to be where you're really going to shine. Great under pressure, fantastic in an emergency situation. So these are all things where, where your particular soul type is just built to shine. Um, so, so that all makes sense to you. Um, and and you can tell, yeah, and you can tell in terms of problem solving where your skill set would be incredibly valuable. And, and what's really important to know for each of us is knowing that that's your gift, that your gift, in order for you to feel fulfilled in life, your gift has to be expressed. So that ability to get things moving. So in other words, if you had a job working for an insurance company and you were doing the same thing every day and it was about sort of the contact with people and you were ushering through it through as, you know, a very stoic, you know, you have to do things in a very bureaucratic manner, it would be, it would be anathema to you. It would be terrible. Like, that would be the worst thing you could do for yourself. <laughs> yeah, you just described Connie's torture. That would pretty much be yeah. it. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, exactly, because whereas other soul types would thrive in that environment. So for you, it really, and for each of us, it really is about finding where is it that our particular gift, this gift that we came to bring, where can we express it? So, so the other thing to keep in mind for yourself is that every skill comes, every gift that we have comes with an inherent weakness. It just is the way that it is. And so for you, the, this ability to get things going, to move quickly and to, to turn on a dime, um, it also brings where exactly where your doubt can come in. So in the same way that you um, are, are able to continuously scan and look for new options, well, that can prevent you from fully committing to your 
decisions. So mm-hmm. you might find that sometimes you make it through a decision, but you feel dissatisfied with your choices, that you feel like maybe this wasn't the right one, and you find yourself leaning out of your choices. Maybe you have plan B in your pocket. So it can lead you to having, having a harder time falling in love with your choices. And that that's is true. where your doubt can creep in. Yeah. That is true. I always yeah. have a plan B just in case. Yeah. And I, I also, um, I do get buyer's remorse. Yeah, yeah, and that and it makes perfect sense, and it's something to know that that it is a it is a natural outcome of your strengths. But the thing that you can do to help yourself with those feelings is that when the decision really matters. So if it's something where you need to be committed to this choice, whether it be a career or something that you really want to see through and you want to feel great about it, in those instances, allow yourself to fully commit. So and that means you have to go. So for for most people, we think a decision ends the moment that we make the choice, right? We think, well, the minute we turn left instead of right, or the minute that we hand over our credit card, it means that we've chosen and that we're done. But the truth is, is that a decision actually has three parts, and most of us only do the first one. We only go through that process of evaluating, picking, ah, that was the decision, I'm done. But the truth is, so the step one is you got to do that commitment, right? you got to make the choice. But then after that, you have to give up your alternatives, and you have to burn your bridges. And those are the two steps that a lot of us never, ever take. And once you do, it completely changes your internal emotional landscape. It allows you to become emotionally invested in your choice. It actually changes your thinking process. So rather than continuously staying in this process of evaluation where you're comparing your choice to everything else, you're now, you change it and you start looking for ways that your choice is better than everything else. So it, it completely shifts how you're processing and, and looking at new information that comes in and how you think about the choice that you made. And it really is, it, it is how you fall in love. you got to commit, and then you got to give up all of your alternatives, and I mean really give them up. I mean take the tags off those pants. You know, you got to really, really give up all your other choices and burn your bridges. Make sure that you can't turn around. So, so there's no plan B, but this is all of your resources are going in this one direction. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And we have to take a quick break, but I will share with you, Anne, when I, when I read the book, and it was funny because that exact example, I bought clothes and I thought, eh, I'm going to keep the t- tag on just yes. to see. Yeah. And <laughs> sometimes I get goodwill, you know, you clean out your, your closet or whatever, like most of us do, and I'll be like, oh, there's still yeah. tags on it. So yes, I do. That is, you have to, it's like you are in my head, woman. <laughs> Let's take a really <laughs> Well, it's very funny how um, dead on your book is. It really is. And when we come back, when we come back, can you go through the other soul types uh, fairly quickly just so people could start to think about, oh, yeah, I probably am that one, just with the examples like you gave uh, for mine. So we'll take a break, and then we'll talk about that. Awesome. Thanks, Ann. Sounds great. A speaker has little value to an audience unless you, the listener, is motivated and empowered to change. Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates is a renowned speaker and is an architect of change. Consultations, training, seminars, and speaking engagements are the venues where she affects change. Whether your responsibilities include customer service, sales, marketing, training, executive management, or ownership, and you are seeking change in your organization, then you need to hire Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates. Connie doesn't just fill your with rhetoric, she speaks to the heart and success of your business. 
So next time you need to hire a speaker, don't hire someone that just talks. Hire an architect of change, Connie Whitman. Just ask for Connie by calling 732-888-1420. That's 732-888-1420. Or email Connie at WhitmanAssociates.com. We are back. We are speaking with Ann Tucker, author of Undoubtedly Awesome, which truly is, Ann, a a guidebook of how to help us make decisions and then stick with those decisions um, and eliminate the doubt that we feel. So it's it's just, it was a a brilliant book. And you have a lot of tools and examples and images. You have uh, the the ski slope and different images to help people uh, focus on what what their style is, right? What their soul style is. So can you go through, so I am the experimenting style. Can you go through the other ones to give quick examples like that? Yeah, absolutely. So an easy way to think about it is, is I mentioned earlier in our conversation that if you laid out a problem in sort of a linear style, linearly and looked at it, each of us are going to have, have our access point. Our favorite place of entering that problem is going to be at a different place in the problem. So I'll first look at the beginning of the problem. Who is figuring out the solution, right? Who are our solution makers? And the first soul type is what I call the optimizing soul type. And they, their particular talent is thinking outside the box. So these are people who have a very nonlinear thinking process. They don't go A, B, C, D in terms of how they look at a, at a, at a problem. They go A, 2, F, Q. And they put together things in completely unpredictable ways. And to them, they, it makes perfect sense. They tend to have a flash of insight, and that's how their intuition comes to them. It comes as a flash idea. They're highly visual, so they'll get a visual of this, this idea, and it will make no sense to anyone else. But to them, they're already living in that future state. So these are they are yes i was going to say is that like our inventors like an albert einstein would probably be an optimizer okay yeah exactly exactly so it's highly visual coming up with out-of-the-box solutions so um their uh their complement is another uh soul type that's focused on figuring out the solutions but they do it with a more of an analytic perspective and that's our learning souls and learning soul they have a very neutral energy their real gift that they bring is their ability to stay open-minded longer than any other soul type because they love the process of learning for them it's all about mastery it's about developing deep uh, learning knowledge and skills for the inherent joy of doing it so and they are able because of the way that they process information they have such an incredible talent with their uh, their uh, analysis logic and reason and so they're the best thinkers of all of our soul types so they're able to look at the problem to see it in its entirety to stay emotionally detached enough to be able to consider all aspects of it and to see it in its whole so that's our learning soul so that would be like that would be like an engineer type I would think, yes, right? Okay. Exactly. Yeah. A lot of professor, professors, musicians, people who love learning for learning's sake, who build yeah. those long-term skills. You can imagine that person. Um, uh, the next one uh, is, so the next soul types are focused more on, okay, we've got a solution. Now, what's our plan? How are we going to get going forward? And uh, a soul type that I call the efficient soul, they are our amazing strategic thinkers. So they stay at that 30,000-foot level, and they're able to look down at the problem and see the whole thing like a chessboard and they're looking at all of the available resources and with their vision that's is where their intuition comes in is they're able to see looking at all of the resources from the 
this very high level, they're able to see which is the, the most efficient path to get from where they are now to their end goal. Um, so it really is a, that talent of being able to discern what is the most efficient way to use my resources. Um, and then their, uh, their complement is also focused on figuring out the plan, but they do it differently. That's our coaching souls. And rather than being focused on the resources, on physical resources, they are focused on our people resources. And the coaching souls have an amazing ability. When they look at people, they literally are able to look at you and to see your very best self. They see what is absolutely best in you. And when you interact with them, that's the mirror that they're presenting to you. They're showing you you through their eyes your best self and it inspires you to live up to that so these people are amazing people developers people managers so they are the ones that in terms of bringing everyone together to solve a problem they're going to bring out our best selves and help us all work together in terms of how can we apply our own gifts to solve this problem now, yeah and it's interesting because when I read the book I will share with you um, I guess I'm a schizophrenic to some extent because the efficient soul, <laughs> <laughs> I like to zoom way out and look at here's the objective, we're at point A, we need to get to point B, how do we do that, what are the resources needed, right, technology, whatever it is. So I'm really good at that. And then the other thing was the expressive soul, what you just described, I love people. And when I see people succeed, yeah. I get really excited and I yeah. I, I've been told that I do inspire people. So uh, when I was reading yeah. the book, I, I did, I, I definitely think that the um, experimenting was me. But I have to be honest, when I got to the efficient and expressive, I, I started questioning and saying, well, wait a minute, I'm, I'm them too. Why does that happen, Anne? Right. Right, and that's, and that's a really great point because each of us are born with one native soul type, and it's important to know your native soul type because that is your intrinsic gift, and that's where your fulfillment lies. You have to express the gifts that you were born with in order to really find fulfillment in your work. However, because life is complicated, we end up needing to be more flexible. So as we grow as a person, the way that we grow is by learning some of the skills of other soul types. So you can say that you're put into a, a role at work, a job, that is not necessarily aligned with your native soul type, and you're finding that you need to bring in more of, uh, of, say, for example, the learning soul type, that you need to be more emotionally detached, that you need to develop these deeper skill sets. And so you, you learn to do that. You learn to be more data-focused, more analytical. These are all learned skills that you can develop. So depending on what you, how your life experiences, then you might read this, and, and most people will find that they have one native soul type, but that there maybe are at least one, possibly two others that they resonate with on some level, that they say, oh, yeah, that fits me too. And that's exactly what happened to me. So that's, that's an yeah. important point for anybody that reads the book, um, goes to your website and checks out your stuff. That, and again, when I got to, and I, I think the experiment, again, I'm, I'm not going to go to the book. I want to be present with our conversation. But the, I think it was the experimenting one was the last one I read. Is, was that, is that how it's yeah. set up in the book? Okay, that makes sense. Um, the, yeah. I think actually collaborative is the last. Experimenting is the second to last. Okay, sec second to last. So it, when I went through the, these two, the efficient and the expressive, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's me. And then I read, I was like, oh, wait, wait, yeah. that's me. Yeah. 
yeah, so beware. But this is, see, this is important, and that's why I really love to read the books before having my guests on, because that that was the psyche and the, and the, the as I was reading it, the things I, would think, I was thinking about. So it's important if, when you guys buy this book that, again, really, really pay attention and, and go with which one is, is truly you and then which one are learned skills. So, um, yeah, that's good. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I know there's one more, yeah. right? Yeah, no, you're right. And the thing is to, to say when they're the, the way to find their true one is to stick with the results of the quiz, is that that will show you your true type, but then read them all because reading the different descriptions will show you which skills you've developed along the way, so which of the soul types where, where you've picked up the skills along the way. But, but if you get confused as to which one is you, go back to the quiz. Okay. So, yeah. So, um, so we talked about expressive because that's you. Or no, wait, sorry, we didn't talk about expressive. Um, expressive is the, the next one, and expressive's goal is to get us all aligned. So if you think about we're going through the problem right now, we've got a solution, we've got a plan. Now how do we get everyone aligned around this plan? And the way the expressive does that, ex the expressive souls have the strongest connection with their heart, with their emotions. And it's almost like a direct line. So they are faster in terms of figuring out their point of view and they, uh, than anyone else. And and what it does is it makes them, and they're able to tap into, because they have this strong heart connection, they're able to tap into what is the emotional resonance of what I'm about to say. So they're able to find the drama and, and what is going to appeal to people. It makes them highly influential and persuasive. So that's where their real gift lies. Is this, this, if everybody was a different body part, the expressives would be our voice. And they'll, they will say things, they'll express things that you may have been feeling it somewhere in your body, but you haven't been able to quite identify it, they'll speak it, and it's like they're speaking your truth for you. So you'll see these people, a lot of times they'll be in anywhere where you need to communicate. So they'll be in, you know, in theater or, or, or acting. They'll be, you know, radio hosts. They'll be, um, and they'll find them, of course, in the corporate world too, but they'll be, if you're in a meeting with an expressive, they're going to be the most persuasive person in the room. They're going to have an opinion faster than anyone else, and it's going, they're going to articulate it um, really compellingly. So they love writing. They love reading. They love history. They love drama. All of these things. Make sense? Yeah, and that was the one. I, I said expressive before. I apologize. You were talking about the coaching soul, but the expressive was the other one that, yeah, um, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I can influence people, and you know, always in a good way. I don't do, I don't make people do things they don't want to do. Uh, but I, I, no, but I, here's the thing, and and I, I do get people to challenge, and that's why the name of the show, Architect of Change, and because if you don't challenge where you are, you know, I, I think that's why I could persuade people because it's for their own good. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. What's the thing you're sort of speaking what they probably already know at some level themselves, you know, helping yeah. them to come to terms with it. Yeah. 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 So um, the last two, one of us was experimenting, which is what your soul type is. We talked about that. And then the final one is the collaborative soul. And the collaborative soul is about, so now we figure about where we are in the problem solving. We've got our solution. We've got a plan. Everyone's aligned around that plan. How do we get moving? So you've already done your part of getting everybody off the diamond, getting it moving into action. But how do we make sure that everybody else is coming along? How do we make sure that everyone is bought into the plan? And that's where our collaborative souls come in. And the collaborative 
Florida souls are most concerned about the collective and common good. They're interested in ideas that raise all boats in a rising tide. So they're, they're constantly stretching themselves to be better and to do better, but they want to bring everybody else with them. So they, and they love being in a group environment, love being in a group, on a team. Um, they will be like the emotional heart center of that team. And they'll constantly be making sure that when you're making a choice that they've checked in with everybody who's, who is a stakeholder in that decision, that everyone's bought into the plan and that everybody's had a chance to speak. You know, they are, they're going to be, when you have group events, they're going to be the ones that are going to show up early to help set up or stay late to help clean up. You know, they are the heart and center of a group. So, um, so they are fun people to know. <laughs> do, you, do you find that the different or different life stages is, is where we, we, we have to learn certain elements of each of these styles? You know, I find it's, it probably has less to do with what stage of life that you're in and more what's going on in your environment. So if mm. you are, you know, put in a situation that stretches you out of your comfort zone, you're going to have to learn learn some of the skills of a different soul type. Um, or if you're in an environment where your soul type is really valued, um, you're probably going to feel it's going to be, a, you know, a really wonderful environment where you're going to feel really fulfilled in what you're doing. Um, so I think it's, it has more to do, you know, at any point in your in your life, depending on how your life unfolds, you might end up, um, you know, for you, if here you are being a radio host, so you needed to develop some of those expressive skills, but in your work, it sounds like you really help people to identify what are the critical action pieces for them and to get moving. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that makes sense. Yes, that makes sense that, that a lot of it is learned because of the role that, that and you know what's funny, Ann, though, is I've chosen these roles. It's not, it, so that's interesting that I chose something that maybe wasn't nat a natural fit, but, but I was able to navigate it. So does that happen often with, yeah. with most people, too? Oh, sure, sure. I mean, there might, there might be a lot of different things that appeal to you. And the thing is, is that what we're looking at here is that we're looking at a very narrow set of behaviors. What we're looking at is how you create in the world and what your creative energy is. And, it, and I use decisions as sort of the, the access point because mm -hmm. what is the first step in anything you create? Well, well it's, you make a decision. It's the thing that determines everything that comes next. So your decision acts like a little, like a little prism that, you know, that, that focuses all your creative energy like a laser beam in one direction, but, but that's the only thing that we're looking at is how you create, and as we know, there's lots of different aspects to every personality, so, so this part we're looking at is how do you create, how do you make decisions, but you may have other aspects of your personality, so you may meet another person who has the exact same soul type as you, and you might realize that in terms of what you like and dislike, you don't have a lot in common. Yeah, that's interesting. It's uh, yeah. humans. We're, we're really, really an intriguing species. I tell you, we have, yeah, we have, we, 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 <laughs> I, wow, there's always so much going on. Uh, and we're, yeah. we're out of time. Yeah. I, it, it's amazing how, how I just saw at the time always goes so quickly, a half hour. Um, I, <laughs> I just want to give everybody two uh, links for you. First one is if you want um, more information about the book and, and to do that little quiz online that Anne kind of took me through. Go to undoubtedlyawesome.com. So it's U-N-D-O-U-B-T-E-D-L-Y 
awesome, A-W-E-S-O-M-E dot com. And I will put that link on the Architect of Change web talk radio uh, platform so you can click and, and get there. The other thing, I know that you're doing something uh, we were talking about right before we started the show. Can you just share really quick what Wisdom Soup is? Yeah, absolutely. Wisdom Soup is my main focus right now, and it's an online social learning community for spirituality and personal growth. And I'm leading people through what I call the five-step process to speed up serendipity. Because I found that as people were trying to go through this process of learning about themselves and, and, and really evolving as people, is that there was a lot of confusion about where do you start and where do you go next. We end up wasting a lot of time trying to figure out the path. So what mm -hmm. I've done is I've laid out, really it's a strategic plan, and I brought in the best of breed teachers for every single subject. And I'm work, working through over a 12-month period uh, that's going to take you from the beginning where you're going to be working on your energy, working on building your intentions, and then looking at your belief systems all the way through to the end where you're connecting with your own intuition. So the idea is to take the ambiguity out of the process of personal growth. That's awesome. That's just amazing. Um, and so now if you're interested to get more information on that, go to www.wisdomsoup, like the soup you, you eat, S-O-U-P, dot com. Um, and I, I, I hope people check out both. Uh, again, I can totally attest to the undoubtedly awesome book. It was amazing. Um, and I was telling <laughs> Anne before the show, my husband's actually going to read it. Um, we're on vacation next week, so he's going to read that. And the wisdom soup, I think, Fantastic. is just an amazing. But I think it's an amazing concept, Dan, because I think people know they want to change. I don't think people always know yeah. how to change. So wisdom soup, so really cool. cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. My my pleasure. What a what a great show. Thank you so much for being on. Um, everybody, I hope you will join me weekly as we question, build, and discover together how to grow and challenge ourselves so we all embrace change and realize that it's possible and easier than we think, just like some of the tips that Anne gave us today. Um, also, send me your uh, stories, questions, if there's topics you want me to cover. You see the resources that I have from the, the many people that are in my network. You can email me directly as Connie at Connie at WhitmanAssos.com, and I do respond to that personally. Um, thank you again, and thank you all for joining me. Uh, you've been listening to Architect of Change with me, your host, Connie Whitman, on webtalkradio.net. Thank you, everyone. Have an inspired week, and, and go to that uh, website, the undoubtedlyawesome.com, and take that test and see how undoubtedly awesome you are. Thanks. Been listening to The Architect of Change with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates. Thank you for tuning in. We're glad you were here. Time may change me, but I can't change.